for the existing player to improve themselves. So this is uh, uh, one, uh, one of the factors. And then the other factor is the government did not do anything to, uh, to open up the market and uh, let more competitors to enter into the market. Even though some of them are very interested, uh, have the passion to run the TV station, but the government refused to grant a license to uh, the potential uh, operator. So uh, it will create an imbalance in the market. So I think even though uh, at this point the government say, oh, they will grant formally grant a license to PCW, but uh, change will not be improved in a short period of time. Uh, maybe it takes longer time for PCW to can get a foothold in the free TV market. Is that also because of the kind of the viewing, the way people use viewing, television viewing in, in Hong Kong? It's like, um, it, it seems to me a, a bit more like people use radio, I guess, in, in some other places, and that it's a kind of background thing. You'd be doing something else, perhaps, you know, while, while the television uh, or radio is on. People would be, as Mike said, eating, or they'll be in a shop or something, or it's a restaurant, or it's a hairdresser, or something like this, and the television is just on, people would kind of glance at it, or, you know, maybe watch it for five minutes, wander off, do something else. Um, they don't sit down and watch your program. Yeah, uh, then TV program, it will, it will no longer be the top priority for Hong Kong people. Maybe it will become the mm. time killer for many people. Wherever they have three time night uh, taking a bus or uh, maybe taking uh, the subway, they, they, then they will spare a few minutes or maybe uh, half an hour to watch uh, a short program and then afterwards they can come back. So uh, TV must be uh, something handy uh, for them uh, so that they can assess the program from time to time or any time whenever they are free, uh, they will watch it. So it cannot be uh, the scheduling, maybe it can, they have, they should have some drastic change in the industry uh, because uh, that traditional way of scheduling and also the way of programming can no longer fit the lifestyle of uh, modern people. So uh, the industry will, will have come to face uh, to reveal itself whether it uh, can meet the lifestyle of Hong Kong people. Okay, so well, uh, maybe it, uh, it's time for a lot of only a, the closure of TVB, uh, ATV can, it's very revealing to the whole industry. Uh, they had to think, we think about their position and also how we, could they address the need of the, uh, the audience. Okay, um, here's an interesting email. This is from Scott, going back to the, the politics of, of, the, of the decision yesterday to uh, revoke the licence. Um, uh, Scott says, all this time doing nothing, but as soon as they heard a rumour that uh, Ricky Wong was going to buy, the Executive Council revoked the renewal. This says a lot, but most interesting is how it demonstrates the factionalism in the pro-Communist uh, Party, undercover Communist Party ranks in Hong Kong, that CY, uh, a.k.a. Lufsig, could not pick up a phone to get a straight answer about Ricky Wong, Hong Kong TV's approach to ATV from the CCP proxy shareholders says so much about what's wrong in Hong Kong today. Infighting is rank among the pro-CCP camp over the spoils of politics. Anyone who thinks, given CCP CY Lang Article 23 powers like Lee Kuan Yew will create a harmonious society has no concept of history. It's a great leap backwards. Uh, the anti-cultural revolution riots in Wukan and Lufeng. Uh, if Hong Kong had the, had the CCP kind of harmony, the gutters would be filled 
covered with blood. The Kuomintang, who certainly were experts in corruption, nicknamed the uh, Communist Party Dufay uh, bandits because they were so bold-faced about it. From CY's form of corruption and infighting, it storms the label still applies. Um, Grace Lone, what, what do you make of the, of the politics of yesterday's um, decision? Do you think that um, the Executive Council and, and CY Lung were uh, unduly generous in the past to uh, uh, ATV because they supported ATV in some way? Um, I think the political decision behind uh, was um, uh, the government realized that uh, ATV may have finished their political mission. Uh, during the transition uh, of Hong Kong after handover, uh, because um, at uh, at the beginning uh, of the hand after the uh, handover, Hong Kong people are not so uh, accustomed or maybe not so familiarized with, with the Chinese way of doing things. And then China needs a uh, TV station that can be their spokesman or maybe the propaganda uh, machinery or vehicle to uh, express their viewpoint from a TV station. So they uh, indirectly control uh, a local TV station uh, through those uh, pro-Chinese um, businessmen who acquire the station. But uh, it seems that uh, after 17 years, uh, this TV station cannot uh, perform satisfactorily. So maybe it is time for them to uh, start, uh, stop using it uh, to fulfill this function. And the government did not uh, actually express how would they, they go, how are they going to use those uh, airways that will be uh, left behind after um, ATV sees the business. So uh, uh, there can be some public discussion uh, how should it be used uh, wisely or maybe uh, can be used uh, to fulfill the public interest. But uh, at this moment, maybe they they are they just want RTHK uh, to play the role as a transitional focuser to uh, occupy uh, those uh, uh, analog airways. Uh, but in the long run, the government has to make decision whether uh, it will be open for another competitor or maybe a new entrant to fill in ATV gap. Mm. Uh, but at this moment, TCW and iCable, I suspect they won't allow them to use uh, the existing airways left behind by ATV. Mm. So, if, if, um, you say, if you say that political... I, I, I suspect this will be another political decision. Right, if you say that ATV's political mission has ended, um, does it also mean that TVB is now very friendly media to the government? Uh, so they have no worries? Uh, yeah, because... Uh, TVB uh, is uh, more uh, intended to provide entertainment rather than controversial information to the public. So uh, they are not specialized, or maybe uh, they, they won't touch, they only provide a minimal uh, news service and current affairs service to programming in this aspect. So they don't need to, they won't challenge their status quo and their existing uh, quality. So uh, according to the previous precedents in uh, the Occupy movement and also uh, in those uh, sensitive issues, how they handle those programming, we, uh, the government may have the confidence that uh, TVB will not challenge uh, the existing authority. Robert Chua, um, are you sad at all at the end of uh, ATV? It was the first Chinese channel, wasn't it? I mean, it's the first um, 
television channel in Hong Kong before before TV. It's been there a long time. Are you sad at all that it's uh, on its way out now, finally? Yes, it's really sad to, to, to lose, lose ATV. But anyway, just to go on further to, for the television, free to to survive in Hong Kong, even TVB and so on, they have to be uh, different. They have to start embracing the new technologies, the new media. So therefore, they should start producing cross-media programs, which none of them are really doing. So the way to survive now is really doing cross-media, which I've been promoting, but no one, no one took heel to it. Where we can get internet users to be in to, to participate in the television programs, where you put together the uh, people you watch us internet to to get to watch on television as well by tele by internet, where they can interact. You know, you can you can you can speak you can speak on the on the phone, a mobile on a mobile phone, video phone, video 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 call, and you interact everything into one screen, and that's what the future of television is going to be across a totally cross media. That's where you can get interesting program done. Okay, well, we'll see how that yeah. goes. Uh, Robert Chua, thank you very much indeed for joining us, a veteran broadcaster. And uh, thanks to uh, Grace Lung, lecturer in the School of Journalism and Communication at the Chinese University. Thank you both very much indeed. Thanks for our emails as well. 23 minutes past nine. And finally, today and this week, just before Easter, we wanted to go to the plastic bag levy, uh, with some saying that uh, the uh, uh, second stage of the levy scheme uh, is confusing. The expanded scheme um, has just started on uh, plastic bags and uh, some people are saying they're, they're not quite sure uh, when and uh, where they should be paying extra 50 cents for uh, a plastic bag. Um, to make things clear, we hope, uh, Samson Lai, who's Assistant Director of Waste Management Policy at the EPD, the Environmental Protection Department, joins us on the line now. Mr Lai, good morning. Hello, Samson. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Okay, sure. some, some confusion, I think, um, still. People uh, seem to be okay with the idea of this, but still not clear, perhaps, um, uh, when you'd get a bag and when you'd have to, to pay for a bag. What about, say, in a, in a wet market? You're buying vegetables in a wet market. Do you, do you, do you have to pay for a bag there? Well, mostly not, because, well, uh, uh, in during the consultation we conducted in 2011, there is very clear uh, uh, demand from the community saying that, well, there must be exemption uh, for the use of plastic bags to protect food hygiene. And so uh, the design of the new law is to ensure that if the, if the food items are not properly uh, packaged, uh, such that uh, there is no longer any food hygiene concern. So uh, uh, there should be a free bag. Uh, so in wet markets, in most of the food stores and free markets, the packaging, uh, we have a research into the packaging methods of these food stores. There should be exemptions. So what are the people confused about? Um, did you go and walk around the stores yesterday? Oh, yeah. I, I, I also uh, walked around in, uh, during the, the, the stores during the, the lower drafting stage yesterday. I, I also uh, walked around in, uh, in, in some shopping malls. Uh, what are people confused about, you think? Well, I think overall, uh, uh, the starting point of the new law is to promote the bring your own back culture. I think we had already a good start with the experience in the first phase. What people felt uncomfortable might be uh, related to the fact that plastic bag is very widely used in our everyday life. So they don't know whether this uh, uh, layer of uh, plastic uh, packaging is charged or not charged. So the design of law uh, has already taken into account so that uh, uh, in, uh, in our everyday life, uh, bags that can be uh, substituted by a BYOB habit 
uh, that would be charged. Uh, they would be subject to the mandatory charge. But other banks that uh, basically form part of the goods, uh, 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 we have already excluded them. Otherwise, that would uh, cause a lot of uh, disturbances to the way uh, of the business, how businesses uh, operate. What about what about a bakery? What about when you buy something mm. when you buy a bun? Well, when you go to the bakery, you would see that uh, uh, many of them do not uh, package the, the, uh, the, uh, the bakery items in airtight packaging. So uh, we still allow that uh, exemption to apply uh, so that when, when people go to bakery sh- shops, uh, 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 they can still claim uh, free bags. But we also encourage the bakery owners to uh, 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 try to minimize uh, the distribution of plastic bags uh, just uh, to the limit, to the extent that that is necessary. So We're going to talk about all the shenanigans at the URA, right? Yes, it's an everyday story of urban renewal folk. And yet again, <laughs> we were talking um, before the break about how politics dominates all sorts of aspects of life now and is particularly um, where it interacts with anything to do with the government. But here you have the Urban Renewal Authority. Now, the object of that, in case anybody's forgotten, is to do what it says on the tin. You know, you've got a bit of town and what you're supposed to be doing is... (laughs) I laugh because, of course, they don't. Um, It is to to renew, you know, stop crumbling buildings coming down, rehouse people where it's appropriate. But, Mm. But it has a social mission, which is to retain the character of the urban areas and to look after the people who are there. Now... Under the the new enhanced regime of of Mr. Six Eight Nine, you've got a. What he's done is in this body, as in most other bodies, he he swept out all the people who are who are real professionals in the area, and, and put in charge of them somebody like, in this case, Victor So. Now, Victor So is is a typical government appointee. He's on many many boards. He was he was stuck into this one, no doubt because he's close to the chief executive, but he's also politically correct. He's on all the the, Mm. the sort of comradely bodies that you'd expect him to be on. And you have actually running it is this lady, well, up to last week, this lady called Iris Tam, who who understood that not only um, she was the actual day-to-day running it person, she understood that that, that the social responsibilities of the URA were were basically their responsibilities. Their responsibilities were not to make money, were not to find property developers, and who knew that property developers had any influence in Hong Kong? came like a lighthouse of the blue to me. Well, well, yeah. Um, Was not to find new property developers to link up with Mm. and, and give them access to new developments, was not to contract out a lot of their work to big property development agencies, but to actually pursue this as a social good, whereas she was being pressed by Victor So to um, simply say, well, it's, we're, we're making a loss here. It's like saying, you know, we're making a loss on the pension system. Duh. It's not designed to make money. The URA wasn't designed to make money, so the fact that it's not making money is... Um, uh, uh, who knows? I don't understand. I don't understand the logic of it. Anyway, she felt because she's a person of principle, and I say this, I don't know her. I just, I do know people who do know her. She's a person of principle, and she basically said, "Yeah, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't be running an organisation mm. that isn't fulfilling the objects that it's supposed to fulfil with a chairman who seems to have no commitment to the basic objectives of the organisation." I'm off. 
And then you get, I mean, in this, in any other system, you wouldn't believe this. Then you get the so-called minister responsible. This is Paul Chan, the, the fellow who, who has had his own little problems with conflicts of interest, bits of land here. Anyway, but, you know, it's not for me to criticise, and you'll never wring a word of criticism out of me. But then you have Paul Chan say, well, I had no idea any of this was going on in the air, because it had nothing to do with me. No, son. You're in charge. The buck stops with you. If you really had no idea that there was problems at the URA, you are sleeping on the job, and you would be very well advised to keep your mouth shut about your negligence. But no, here it's all, well, I can't be held responsible. You know, nobody told me there was a problem there. Boy, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, 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 and you know, you know, it always makes me laugh. The new system under which they've appointed these, these so-called ministers is called... No cheap laughing from the back seats. It's called the political responsibility system. You couldn't make this stuff up. You really <laughs> couldn't make this stuff up, even if you were very hard-pressed. So what is it? I mean, is, is the intention to change the URA? Do you think is that what it is? Is that, you know, he's intentionally... Well, I, I, I think, to be fair, it's, it's, it's that splendid um, uh, uh, combination of ignorance and arrogance. You know, he obviously was brought into an organisation which he just doesn't understand. But his arrogance says, well, you know, I'm a sort of businessman, I understand how these things are. It's not making profit. Well, that's, that's what it should be doing, make a profit. <laughs> As I say, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like going into a, in, in, into a hospital and saying, it's full of sick people. If it wasn't so full of sick people, all the corridors would be much clearer. Well... You, you have a point. Yeah. But you, somehow, you, somehow you think that in a hospital, sick people... Uh, go I on. Know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a kind of match What are you there. thinking? I think you're overthinking it. I am. I'm overthinking it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it obviously underlies the fact that what's the point of having the URA if it just does the same as everybody else? Isn't yes, exactly. If exactly That is exactly the thing. If all it becomes is a sort of state-sponsored property developer linking up with other property developers, well, we've got that. Mm. You don't need a you don't need a special body to to do what property developers do here, and um, oh yes, it, he wants to link up only with the biggest property developers in Hong Kong. It's not like he's looking for new and exciting property developers. Those are words that you rarely see in one sentence. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a nonsense. Anyway, what will happen is they will get some very compliant bureaucrat to take over. Uh, from Ms. Tam, and no doubt um, with the brilliance and er uh, an erudition of Mr. So, things will be a lot better. So that will be or the not. end. Of, uh, or, or not, not as or the not. case may be. So that will be the end of it as we, uh, as we perhaps had hoped it was going to be, so to speak. Yeah, so. well, you know, knock, knock down and rebuild is, is the maxim which seems to work for them for a very long time. I mean, you know, I, I know you talk about this kind of stuff all, all the time, but um, uh, you know, I don't. Um, I, I'm sitting in this in this seat uh, for one week only. Well, very lucky. Feels away. Um, but you know, obviously, this stuff you know underlines the continuing issues in the government uh, on many levels. Really, well, it doesn't does. It? I mean, the point is that if you politicise the administration to the extent that it's been politicised, you you have a shortage of people to serve on these statutory bodies because you're drawing from this tiny pool of political trustees. Well, I'm not going to go so far as to say that it's unknown in governments for political allies and friends to be appointed to boards. That, that's almost universal as far as I understand it. 
But in most places, and this is also true of Hong Kong in the past, there was an awareness of a balance having to be drawn between having political trustees and having people of competence you and You can actually experience. get something done. Well, and experience in, mm. in, in the relevant things. So, you know, even under the dark days of the colonial system, terrible, bruh, and, and, and I'm not defending it, gosh, no. But even in the dark days of the colonial system, when, when, when the word colonial lackey certainly did apply to a lot of people who incidentally are, are now like, Rita Fan and um, you know they're all the same people who are lackeys of Beijing but anyway never mind when you had a lot of lackeys who, who were appointed to all these positions because the governors of the day thought they were trust, trustworthy they were also sensible enough to know that it was worth having other people alongside them and what to prop you're them up basically to prop them mm. up or to provide a balance or at least to provide um, some form of competence to these organisations this is being eroded now you see it in the URA, we were talking about the broadcasting policy, you see it coming into universities where increasingly on the boards of universities, the the people who have a commitment to, to education are being sidelined from the people who have a commitment to the Chinese Communist Party. Well, that's all well and good. If you want that kind of system, if you want Hong Kong to be re reduced to being a place where, where there is no premium on knowledge and creativity but only a premium on political loyalty you you will get what you you'll get what you want and you will see the results i mean it's it's very sad it really is because it, it's not even you know even in the terms of the government itself maybe they would like to be more competent maybe they would like to be more creative maybe they would actually like to have institutions that were producing results well this well, is going to happen surely they want to be seen as uh, having created well, something as their the legacy problem, well right? when you have a non-elected government this is always the problem when you have a non-elected government and your masters in this case are, are a one-party state and you know who who only have political interests really at the forefront of their minds and have the matter of control for at the forefront of their minds then you you don't see it quite in that way i mean if you had to face the electorate in a genuine way you would need to worry about these things but it just doesn't happen steve vines is here as ever on a thursday morning i'll be back with steve in a moment
is true, but I can't stop thinking about you and I. I said I've been there too a few times. Cause you got that James Latest song from Taylor Swift, who apparently, Steve, is uh, one of the leaders of tomorrow. Taylor Swift, do you know who yes, Taylor Swift is? Yes, yeah. I do know who she is, okay. yes. She's she's a singer. Yes. Hey, <laughs> how did I guess, eh? <laughs> well, but she, seem, she seems to be almost like the number one singer for uh, yeah. for 18 to 25s now. And, uh, you know, she's been been put up there. I know uh, Hugh was talking about this on Backchat the other day as, as one of the um, the people that are seen as leaders in our, in our society now. Is she, is she a citizen of the world? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> She's following in your footsteps, yes, no doubt. Uh, yeah, citizen of the world, yeah, yeah. I've got a T-shirt. Uh, let's talk about competition, shall we? <laughs> yeah, shall we? Um, if you remember, and you have to have a very good memory for this, Hong Kong was going to have, and sort of has, but sort of doesn't have, and maybe will have, but maybe won't have, these tough laws to make Hong Kong more competitive, to stop uncompetitive practices and to generally challenge the monopolies hmm. as you know you know those monopolies are quaking in their boots i mean we saw incidentally I mean, I mean, this is a slight a, a slight um um diversion from this but but there was a public consultation over whether there should be more competition in in the electricity industry you you, you mm-hmm. may have passed you by but it went on and then there was another comp because the first consultation didn't produce the right results so then they had another consultation which also didn't produce the right results the right results incidentally were that things should be as they are but the consultation when you actually asked the great unwashed they said oh i'll tell you what i wouldn't mind a bit of competition in the electricity industry it might bring our prices there's a, down there's a thing anyway so we've now had the second round mm. of consultation or, or, or maybe it's the 15th i can never remember because they have so many and 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 whoever writes the script for the for the press releases for this obviously is a devotee of the that satirical show yes minister because it's it says you know uh, we've, we've carefully balanced the views that have been reflected in this exercise and we do understand that there is a desire for competition of course precipitous action on this is not to be advised and as a long-term aspiration it most yeah it means we're not going to do off. nothing we're not going to do blah, nothing blah, blah, yeah right right but but i mean now now 
on on the competition law, which there, there is, there's even a commission, there's probably a committee set up, and I'm, I'm very reassured about this. But I, I was reading in, in the newspaper, and if you read it in the newspaper, it must be true. It must. It must. And it said there that the business businessmen and the business... Oh, as you said, the business sector were the words we used, were, 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 were uh, very exercised over these new comp- anti... Um, collusion and, and anti-competitive rules and they were complaining about it and they they wanted to make the rules less harsh so that for example if somebody um had a a beef with about something which they said was anti-competitive they had to be able to demonstrate a legitimate interest mm. in that issue before they could make a complaint and i'm thinking first of all as somebody who, however small a way, happens to be in the business sector myself, who are these people who are speaking on behalf of me? Mm. Uh, and actually other people I know in the business sector who are all in favour of these anti-competition rules. I don't want to make them harder. I, 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 it really... Um, there's a word to do with passing of water and off that, 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 that I'm thinking about when I read this stuff, about how the business sector thinks that and the business sector thinks the other. What they're talking about is these tiny little organisations who claim to represent the entire business sector, who are always run by these sort of backwoodsmen who uh, and a bunch of bureaucrats, of course. There's always a bunch of bureaucrats there who, who, who presume to talk on behalf of everybody in the sector. Well, I can tell you, there are many people who operate businesses who don't think the, the great unwashed are terrible people who should be avoided at all times and do believe that, 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 that the idea of um, this legislation is a good one and certainly are not in favour of it being watered down. I mean, the idea that you can only complain if you can demonstrate a legitimate interest. So if you say, for example, and I, I, I use a wild example out of out of nowhere but if you say every time i go to a petrol station to fill up my car the prices at any petrol station in hong kong i care to go into are exactly the same the discounts are exactly the same it doesn't look to me as though there's any competition going on there how do you prove that mm. you have a legitimate locus standi as i believe it's called if you like to speak latin um in in this matter to make the complaint is it sufficient that you're, you're a driver of a car perish the thought but is it sufficient that you're a passenger of a car maybe you're a traveler on a minibus you know i mean of course all of this is designed to make sure that these rules uh, are, nobody, worth, nobody. are worth the paper they're printed on yeah so it, it is It is very unfortunate because Hong Kong has so many monopolies and has so many anti-competitive practices. I, I, when I first heard that there was an attempt to do something about this, I thought, blimey, that's a bit revolutionary. But then I knocked myself on the head and I realised that it would only be in form, not in content. It's really not going to happen. It just ain't going to happen. I mean, mm. there will be, of course, a bureaucracy. There will be people running around with clipboards. There will even be reports issued every year which will have figures showing how many complaints have been handled and, you know, how many dogs have got a bone and various other interesting things. But will basically anti-competitive practices be eradicated or let's not be so ambitious will they even be hit in a way that is meaningful nah uh, let's wrap up very quickly now because we're running out of time but e-cigarettes you yes oh yes another band that. mm. well that's good we, we, we don't have enough bands it's funny you can't you can't crack down on anti-competitive practices because that's all too difficult but but you can if you if, if you get a report in your hands about something really evil like smoking 
I don't pretend for one moment smoking is a good thing. And I don't pretend for one moment that e-cigarettes are a good thing. But, you know, people do actually know the risks. Hmm. Why is it the government is able to ban these things or wants to ban these things and say to people, you're far too stupid to take this decision yourself, you're banned, son, when they can't act on, you know, an enormous range of other social evils. Mm. I mean, I, I could think of a social evil as I walk out the door that I'd like to ban, but I don't ban it because I actually think people are quite sensible enough to determine whether they want to take that risk. Make their own choice. Mm. You could publicise the dangers, have no problem with that. The campaigns that publicise the, the dangers of smoking are, I would have thought, so firmly entrenched in the public consciousness that you'd have to be blind and deaf and all the rest of it not to know about it, yet people do still smoke. Well, you know, people still eat fatty foods, they still drink, they eat chocolate, they you don't take enough exercise. I mean, good God, if you want to ban all these things, you're on a roll. Well, we've covered some ground today, ATV, uh, the URA, competition, e-cigarettes, and we mentioned Yes Minister. You know, really we should be making a Hong Kong version <laughs> of Yes Minister, shouldn't we? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something? It would be, but, you know, sometimes people say, oh, 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 oh. If it was based on reality, they'd say, no, no, let's have a fictionalised version. Keep it down. <laughs> Steve Vines, thanks a lot, as ever, and uh, see you back here next Thursday. Absolutely. Happy, happy Easter.